Welcome to the intersection of faith and the culture. It's Wallbullers. We're taking on the hot topics of the day from a biblical, historical, and constitutional perspective. That means when you listen to Wallbullers, you're going to learn a little bit about history as applied to whatever the hot topic is. So when has it happened in the past? What can we learn from it? Uh, you're going to learn constitutional, which means you're going to you're going to get a, um, a an education on the proper role of government. And when an issue is being discussed, you know, is it the proper area for the federal government to be involved, or the state government, or maybe it's just a family issue, a church issue. And then, of course, that biblical perspective, what did God give us in terms of instruction in the instruction manual, the ultimate instruction manual, on that particular issue. So biblical, historical, and constitutional perspective on the hot topics of the day. You can learn more at wallbuilders.com, where there's tons of great material and opportunities for you to equip and inspire your family, get folks educated so they can be better citizens. I'm Rick Green, America's Constitution coach and a former Texas legislator, and I'm here with David Barton and Tim Barton. David's America's premier historian and our founder at Wall Builders. Tim's a national speaker and pastor and president of Wall Builders. And all three of us, again, wallbuilders.com is the place to learn more. All right, guys, later in the program, our friend Dean Nelson will be with us. Uh, he's part of this case out of, uh, out of D.C., and, and everybody knows we've been talking about the two-tier justice system and how you know, you're treated different depending on the color of your skin, your religion, part of the country you're from. Uh, you know, your finances, your political persuasion, whatever it might be, that's bad. That's not biblical justice. That's social justice. And it's really been taking hold over the last few years. So today is kind of like a Good News Friday program because we're seeing a, uh, a victory against having a two-tier justice system. This case basically says, hey, you're supposed to treat people the same. And in this particular case, um, I like to call them. I had a caller one time say they're Black Lives Maoist. They're communists. They admit they're communists. So it's not Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Mafia. I used to say Mafia. It's Black Lives Maoist. Anyway, they were treated different from some pro-life folks uh, that were outside of an abortion clinic there in, in D.C. So really interesting case to, to celebrate today, and our, our guest is, is uh, going to tell us more about it. You know, looking at, at cases like this, and, and we're going to be talking about a court case today and talking to one of the plaintiffs in that court case, this goes back to the old-school approach to how you do things. And a lot of people may recall that outside many courthouses is a picture of Lady Justice, and she's holding a scale in her hand, and, and many times she's blindfolded. And that's because she's not supposed to see who the plaintiff or defendant is. You don't care who they are. You just do the right thing. You weigh the evidence. That's that scale in your hand. Uh, the Bible talks about you don't use false weights and balances. You use e equal justice. And now the way it works is you got to raise that blindfold and say, now, what group are you from? Oh, I've got to put more weight on this side of the scale. And you look at groups, and, and that's the big progressive thing, is what group are you from? Some groups have more value than other groups, and some groups are inherently bad. Some groups are inherently good. It's not based on your behavior. It's based on who you are. Things that you can't control determines your worth. And that's a really bad philosophy. So back when Black Lives Matter was really, really rampant three years or so ago, they were going through after George Floyd, and they were tearing up things and destroying things and, and went major city after major city, whether it's Portland or Seattle or Milwaukee, whether it was Madison, whether it was Chicago, everywhere, as they were doing this, Washington, D.C. was one of those areas that had a lot of um, a lot of riots, a lot of defacing of property. And we at the time kept track of all the statues that were being torn down. And, you know, they were claiming they were tearing down the statues of racists. Well, they also tore down the statues of black civil rights leaders. How are they racist? How was Frederick Douglass racist? 
How was Ulysses S. Grant, who led the Union in defeating the Confederacy, how was he a racist? And so it was just really clear that this is not about racism. This is about destruction of a system. And so as they were going through destroying that, they were defacing lots of property materials. They were damaging, tearing down statues. And in the midst of that, there were some some Christian pro-life activists who said, you know, we're going to take some chalk and we're going to ride on the sidewalk outside of Planned Parenthood in Washington, D.C., and we're just going to say that pre-born black lives matter. And so we're just going to do that outside. Now, are you saying, I think I heard you say chalk. They were going to write with chalk? Chalk is what the news reports reported in the court ruling, that, that it was wow. chalk. Now, see, I mean, right, so already to me, I've got a major problem, right? Because if we're talking about not defacing property, and you're going to use chalk. Chalk will will be impossible to get rid of. Like this is worse. This is worse than anything that possibly could have gone on before to use chalk. I, I I'm offended. Like on behalf of the city, I think this has to stop. Don't let because I have kids and I have a two and four year old and they use chalk and I'm like kids, stop in the driveway with the chalk. Like we can't ever get this off. It's chalk. So I I already see why there's a problem. I just want to clarify. Right, we're not talking about paint, spray paint. We're talking about chalk. Uh, so I, I I I anticipate the problem coming. I'm so I just wanted to clarify. Hey, just <laughs> yeah. just for the just for the record, when my grandkids chalk all over the 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 sidewalk and the driveway and the porch at my house, I mean it lasts for at least at least like six hours. I mean it's just really really bad stuff. Just totally defaces everything for about six hours. Yep, and it's actually a great defacing because I love my grandkids drawing and. That's exactly what happened with these th- these folks at, at Planned Parenthood. They they used chalk and they wrote a message that says, "Preborn Black Lives Matter." Well, guess what? They got arrested. The guys tearing down the statues, the guys defacing uh, the World War II memorial, the guys spray painting with with permanent spray paint. They didn't get arrested. The ones that got arrested were the ones using chalk that had a very positive, at least from our perspective, kind of message. They didn't deface anything. It was all temporary. And it's on a sidewalk. By the way, that is public. And so that's an expression that's not a permanent expression going to cause damage. But they got arrested. Well, fortunately, uh, Dean Nelson, who's with the Frederick Douglass Foundation, uh, it was some of their kids, Some, and I say kids. I, I say kids because anybody under my age is a kid now, right? So there were some some young people there who who were part of protesting abortion, and that's how they did it, and they got arrested. So Dean and his group said, no, we're not putting up with this, and they took it to federal court. And federal court in Washington, D.C., things move up the ladder a little faster than they do elsewhere. Other places, you start with the federal district court, then you go to a federal court of appeals, and then you might make the U.S. Supreme Court. But since Washington, D.C. is not a state, they don't have that lower level kind of of court. You, you, You start right on your way to the U.S. Supreme Court. So when a decision is made in Washington, D.C., it, it goes quickly to the D.C. Court of Appeals, which goes directly to U.S. Supreme Court. So the D.C. Court of Appeals is really considered the highest court right below the U.S. Supreme Court. It's stuff out of there that goes right in the court. That's where federal laws, federal government, et cetera, that's how it gets to the Supreme Court usually is, is through that, that court. So what happened is the D.C. The, the lower D.C. court ruled that, no, the kids to face that, you you got to prosecute them, even though they didn't prosecute anybody else, that two-tier justice system, that selective prosecution. But the Court of Appeals came back and said, no, no, this is not the way it happens. You have a First Amendment guaranteed right to express your thoughts and beliefs, 
and you don't do selective prosecution. You don't arrest kids who use chalk and not arrest kids who use permanent spray paint and went around with, with permanent destruction. So it's a great decision. And Dean Nelson, we've had him on before, great guy for the foundation. This is really a really good win for free speech across the country. Dean Nelson, our special guest, we'll be right back on Wobbler. This is Tim Barton from Wall Builders with another moment from American history. American patriot Paul Revere rode to alert Americans of the impending arrival of the British, but he also sought patriot leaders Samuel Adams and John Hancock to warn them that the British were seeking their execution. Adams and Hancock were staying with the Reverend Jonas Clark in Lexington. When they asked Pastor Clark if his church was ready for the approaching British, he replied, I've trained them for this very hour. They will fight and if need be, die under the shadow of the house of God. Later that morning, 70 men from his church faced several hundred British in the first battle of the War for Independence. As Pastor Clark affirmed, the militia that morning were the same who filled the pews of the church meeting house on the Sunday morning before. The American church was regularly at the forefront of the fight for liberty. For more information on this pastor and other colonial patriots, go to wallbuilders.com. Welcome back to Wall Builders. Thanks for staying with us. Great to have Reverend Dean Nelson back with us from the Human Coalition. Dean, God bless you, brother. Thanks for some time today, man. Hey, man. So great to be with you guys. Thank you for all of the support that you give, all of the great organizations that I serve, whether it's Human Coalition, Frederick Douglass Foundation, FRC, whatever. You guys do a great job. I appreciate it. Well, we're always talking about you, too, man, especially Frederick Douglass Foundation. I, I love what you're doing there, but but obviously Family Research Council, great friends of ours, and just so many different things going on and and you know when you're on the front lines all the time and you're taking heat and you're you know you're giving it back it's uh it's good to be able to lock shields and sharpen a little iron with our uh, fellow warriors for Christ and uh and warriors for liberty so that's why we love having you thank you so much well i you know i a lot of times we see the negative stuff that that's going on and one of the big negatives in the country is the is is the two-tier justice system where people are being treated different based on color of skin religion you know, where you're from, which party, you know, political party you you support, that sort of thing, which policies you support. Never a good thing to see that. We want biblical justice that's, uh, you know, blind justice, equal justice, treating everybody the same. But, man, today yes, we have some, some good news. There was a, actually a decision out of the Federal Court of Appeals that said, said yeah, that had been done and, and, and it's not, you know, it shouldn't be done. I, I mean, I've, I've sort of felt like the justice system was failing us the last few years, but this one looks like a good decision. We wanted to see what you thought about it. Well, man, I will tell you that um, we, we, we believe that you're right. And with regard to particular religious liberty and um, some elements of free speech, uh, we've actually seen that, you know, the courts, um, even if they might be liberal, like in the particular court that we, uh, we were before, that they, um, they're actually siding with us on this. And to be specific, um, you know, we were glad to... Uh, get the decision that came out of the D.C. Circuit Court um, that overturned a lower court, basically saying that our organization and Students for Life could not be discriminated against with our viewpoint. Uh, the background simply was uh, we had um, our group and uh, some members of Students for Life that appeared uh, before a Planned Parenthood in northwest D.C., only two miles away from where 
quote unquote Black Lives Matter Plaza is today, uh, right there today in huge letters painted, you know, Black Lives Matter. So we're in the same quadrant in Washington, D.C., in Northwest D.C., just two miles out. We were going to paint Black Preborn Lives Matter with washable paint. And uh, we were met that morning by the D.C. police. They said, it is against the law, and you cannot do that. And if you do it, you will be arrested. And um, well, I'm sure so if the, they were if they were they, stopping you guys, you, I'm sure it's because you were probably you know breaking things, burning down buildings, you know, uh, <laughs> uh, throwing blood on people. Or, oh no, wait, that's not y'all. That was some. That was other groups out there. You got washable paint, basically chalk on the sidewalk, right? That's going to go you know easy easy to remove, uh, but making a very clear. Yeah, go ahead. Everything by the book. You know, I mean, yeah. we had done this in several other cities successfully. We did it in Baltimore successfully in uh, in Rochester, New York. Um, but when Mayor Bowser in Washington, D.C. heard that we were going to do it, uh, she sent the officers there to meet us. And uh, we had an event planned. So we did a, a program, you know, a rally in front of Planned Parenthood that day. And we did a march afterwards. But what happened in the middle, two uh, brave Students for Life members, um, said, hey, look, we're out here routinely, and we write on the sidewalk with chalk, and nobody has ever been bothered by it. So we're going to do that in an act of civil disobedience today. And as those students wrote, Black Preborn Lives Matter on the sidewalk in front of the Planned Parenthood, uh, we watched them uh, get arrested, put into the, uh, the paddy wagon, and sent uh, to D.C. They were released later on that day. But the fact that they were arrested uh, by simply writing "Black Preborn Lives Matter" uh, was outrageous, and we were happy last uh, a couple of weeks ago to get the affirmation from the editorial board of the Wall Street Journal on this, uh, basically saying, "Hey, constitutional law, you know, teaches 101 that the First Amendment forbids legislation that discriminates based on viewpoint," and uh, they said that ours was a major victory. So. And it was a 3-0 decision from that uh, that group of judges out of the D.C. Circuit Court that said, you cannot do this. That court is not known for being a conservative bastion like you guys have down in Texas. <laughs> but um, but they did it. And, uh, and so we now have the opportunity to go forward to fully sue Mayor Bowser in the, in Washington, D.C. I love it. I love it. And and if I remember right, and I didn't I didn't uh, to be transparent, I didn't read the whole whole opinion. But the excerpts that I read, it essentially was the tone of saying, "Hey, you got to you got to treat everybody the same. You can't have rules for one group that are different from rules for another group, and you're allowing them to you're treating them very different over here on this side of the street where they're painting with actual paint and all of these things, and then you're treating the, this group different simply because of their of their you know, really in this case political uh, uh, beliefs. Um, and so that, exactly. that, that that's a good return to the to the principles that we actually want. I mean, this is what we fight for to become a more perfect union is to make sure we're all treated equally under the law. Um, and, and I just got to compliment you, man. I mean, I, I love I, I think in the in a culture war like this, we have to fight smart. We've got to be, um, you know, we got to be pithy sometimes and we got to be able to get the message through the noise and all of that. And 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 this was a very strategic smart way to go with the black preborn lives matter and get making this yeah. point of where you know um it, you know i mean we could spend the whole program on as we as we have in the past talking about the the number of black lives that are snuffed out before they even have a chance 
and uh, and and just the assault on on the entire community and 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 how you know frankly Planned Parenthood started for that purpose and so that's a, you know another topic we've covered it a million times but I mean you guys the the way you countered that with this. Uh, with this campaign, I just thought it was cool. I, th- I thought it was brilliant, and and I think the more we can do it, the better. And and frankly, you know what the enemy means for evil, God turns to good, and that's exactly what's happening here. Where they shut you guys down that day, it's now making a bigger point for the whole nation. I think that's pr- that's that's a great victory. Way to go, Dean. Well, man, thank you so much, and I appreciate you guys and the the tone that you take, um, really standing for biblical principle. Uh, we are a part of the conservative movement, but. Um, in an hour where there's a lot of vitriol and that, you know, kind of stuff. I appreciate um, the high standard that you guys have for, you know, kind of rising above that and winsomely persuading, uh, loving your enemy. Um, That's the type of thing that we need to do. And uh, that's what we aim to do uh, both at human coalition where we rescue, uh, you know, children through service to women. And uh, that's what the Frederick Douglass foundation and our, uh, um, allied organization douglas leadership institute uh promotes and if you would allow me i just love to highlight the fact that i, I was actually gonna ask you i was gonna say hey man we got a couple of minutes left you got to catch me up on what's coming up next and and what you guys have uh, have planned in the next few months go ahead yeah well the biggest thing man uh november the second third and fourth we'll be doing our annual regional conference for the douglas leadership institute and the frederick douglas foundation which will be uh just outside of charlotte uh north carolina at the old uh, Heritage PT, the PTL location, which is now, you know, uh, named Heritage and uh, the Great Christian Retreat Center. So we'll be doing it there. Some of your favorite, uh, you know, um, African-American and other Christian leaders like uh, Bob Woodson uh, from the Woodson Center, who's been an outspoken advocate for a long time. Bob is Man, I learn every time I watch him on an interview. It's just, a, oh, I love that guy. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. And then we have some other emerging, you know, we have a strategic partnership with the Church of God in Christ and some of their most strongest pro-life voices, uh, Bishop Vincent Matthews and Bishop Patrick Wooden. Uh, you know, my mentor, you know, Bishop Wellington Boone will be there. Uh, we've got, uh, haven't quite gotten the confirmation from Franklin Graham, but it's in his backyard and I've talked to his chief of staff. They think that he can be able to do it. So if people want to visit dlinstitute.org, that's dlinstitute.org, you can get all of the information on this. Uh, it'll be a great opportunity to hear um, great voices, uh, whether they're pro-life doctors, pro-life preachers, or pro-life attorneys, elected officials, uh, where we basically gather together a network and to find out how we can effectively together work in this movement to make a difference for God and to change the culture. Amen. Amen. DLinstitute.org. That's the Douglas Leadership Institute, folks. And uh, and and I guess they can uh, they can register there at the website, uh, get more information. Absolutely. Okay. Learn all of the information, uh, register right there at the site, um, and see the guests uh, that'll be that'll be there. But um, this is our third time doing it. Uh, it's grown. Uh, you know, had a few hundred people that there last year, and hope to expand it this year. Um, but it is a, uh, it's a great, great gathering. It's a spiritual thing more than it is a political thing, but we know that, uh, that, you know, our, our ministry is, uh, is to every area. Uh, as, uh, the word of God says it, God owns, uh, what the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof Amen. and they that dwell therein. So God owns it all. And we want to be able to have representatives in every sphere 
uh, of our of our culture making a difference for Jesus Christ. I love it. Psalms twenty four one right there, man. I, you know that's when when people tell me, oh, you can't get in, oh, you don't, don't go into business or politics, nasty stuff over there. I'm like, Wait a minute, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Only reason we don't see His principles there is because we're not taking them there, and that's what you guys are right, are man. doing. Uh, Dean, I've done enough events like this to, to know, um, even for people that can't come to the event, donations definitely help. It costs a lot to put these kind of things on. Man, I can't believe what we got to pay these days just to, just to provide lunch to people. It's crazy. But anyway, uh, they can yeah, donate at the true. website as well. And that, and that will help to, to allow for more folks to come and the training you're doing with young people as well. I mean, all of that stuff, uh, I just appreciate what you're doing, man. I want to encourage people to lock shields with you and come alongside dlinstitute.org. We'll have links today at wobblerslive.com to make it easy for you and uh, and make sure you become a part of that. Douglas Leadership Institute is what you're supporting when you when you do that. Dean, God bless you, man. Let's get you back again soon. Keep up the great work. Brother, thank you guys so much for all that you do and uh, always happy to be on. Thank you. Look forward to seeing you soon. Stay with us, folks. We'll be right back with David and Tim Barton. Hey guys, we want to let you know about a new resource we have at Wall Builders called The American Story. For so many years, people have asked us to do a history book to help tell more of the story that's just not known or not told today. And we would say very providentially in the midst of all of the new attacks coming out against America, whether it be from things like the 1619 Project that say America is evil and everything in America was built off slavery, which is certainly not true, or things like even the Black Lives Matter movement, the organization itself, not, not the statement Black Lives Matter, but the organization that says we're against everything that America was built on and this is part of the Marxist ideology. There's so many things attacking America. Well, is America worth defending? What is the true story of America? We actually have written and told that story. Starting with Christopher Columbus, going roughly through Abraham Lincoln, we tell the story of America not as the story of a perfect nation or a perfect people, but the story of how God used these imperfect people and did great things through this nation. It's a story you want to check out. Wallbuilders.com, The American Story. We're back on Wobblers. Thanks for staying with us. Thanks to Dean Nelson for joining us as well. Uh, David and Tim, you know, this is um, this is the solution to the two-tier justice system. you got to have some legal victories like this, like this to remind people that we're going to treat people the same in this, in this country. Every time we talk about the judicial system or any of these fights, I always am reminded of that verse. And I, Isaiah, uh, David, I remember when you talked about this in Constitutional Live, how it impacted me, but without restoring those judges and lawyers is at the first we won't be a righteous city. So these judicial victories are absolutely necessary for us once again being the city on a hill. You know, going back to the concept of Lady Justice being blindfolded, let's say that Lady Justice was told that the law requires that you protect Black Lives Matter. Let's let's say that that was the, the standard. Even if that's your standard, which is a wrong standard because it's a two-tier justice system, selective prosecution, even if that's your standard, tell me how Preborn Black Lives Matter is not a message that would fit within Black Lives Matter. I mean, if Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter, whether they're preborn, postborn, or anything else, that should fit within the BLM message, but it didn't because it wasn't Marxist, it wasn't violent. I mean, the distinction here is the other guys were violent, so we'll protect that. But you guys weren't violent, so we're not going to protect that. And as the D.C. Circuit Court pointed out, that's that's a really, really uh, bad position to take. So I, I like the fact that they rebuked the, the lower courts. They rebuked the police, actually, for, for what they were doing. They rebuked Meryl Bowers, the, the mayor of Washington, D.C. Um, I, I don't know necessarily 
how this changes quickly, but it's got to change because people like Dean and those students stood up and said, hey, we're not going to be shoved aside on this. We have constitutional protections, and we're going to go to defend those constitutional protections. I go back to a statement John Jay made where he said, you have to know the Constitution so you can be prepared to defend and assert it. And that's what they did. They defended and asserted the First Amendment right of free speech, which is a really good victory. Well, one of the things our friend Kelly Shackelford has told us many times is that every time they're able to find somebody willing to stand up for religious liberty, for the Constitution, that like from the first liberty perspective, they're able to win these cases. The bigger challenge is they're having a hard time at times finding people willing to stand up and defend religious liberty, to defend the Bill of Rights, to defend the Constitution when you have to face the real life consequences that you might get arrested, you might go to jail for the afternoon, for the evening. But when you have students that have the courage to stand up, it's so encouraging. One of the verses that we've talked about before in this program, we talk about it a lot in some of our presentations in Revelation 21, eight, when it goes to the list of everybody that's going to have their place in the lake of fire, which or the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, uh, that the second death, the very first group listed are the cowardly, the, the, the fearful, the people who know the right thing to do, but don't have the courage to stand up and do it. And so, man, extra kudos to these students for having the courage to do the right thing, knowing there was going to be consequences. And because they had the courage to stand up and do the right thing, now there is a victory that the rest of us get to enjoy. All right, folks, if you want to learn more about how to restore that two-tier, get rid of the two-tier justice system and restore biblical justice, you got to know the Constitution. So make sure that you're studying. What a great time to do it. we got Constitution Day coming up this weekend on the 17th, so make sure that you're studying the Constitution yourself. You can do that with one of our many Constitution classes, Constitutional Live or Biblical Citizenship or Constitutional Defense of Your Family and Freedom. We've also got our Foundations of Freedom series. Lots of ways you can do that, all available right there at wallbuilders.com. And then, of course, we encourage you to host a Constitution class in your living room or at your church. Biblical Citizenship in Modern America is the one most people are doing now. It's a great way to get people together and study these things. And then, you know, hop in the car this weekend. Come on out to Fredericksburg, Texas. We're going to have this big party on September 17th. Chance for you to celebrate the Constitution, celebrate the birthday of the Constitution right there in Fredericksburg, Texas, and then stay over and do a constitutional defense course where you can visit the Patriot Academy campus. So join us on Sunday, September 17th at 6 p.m. at Archray Resort in Fredericksburg, Texas. Kirk Cameron will be there. Brad Stein, I'll be there. It'll be a great time. Trust me, you're going to have a good time. Hop in the car and drive. I don't care where you're coming from, anywhere in the country. If you start on Saturday, you can be there by Sunday evening. We'd love to have you join us. All right, thanks so much for listening. You've been listening to Wallbuilder. Stand on divide.